The First Butterfly, Episode 29. A novel written by Jason Calibre, narrated by Chris Bander. Chapter 28 The flight touched down in the dark hours of the morning at Kansas City International Airport. Soon Keith was shivering under a fluorescent-lit concrete awning hailing a taxi. As he climbed into the older model car's back seat and returned the driver's greeting, he choked on the tobacco smoke filling the interior. Despite this, he was grateful to be inside the warm cab. A short time later, he found himself speeding away in a vehicle driven by an overweight man doing his best to chain-smoke his way to a heart attack. Where to? The driver asked in a raspy voice before punctuating his question with a phlegmy cough. Here's the address. I'm told it's somewhere in Kansas City. Keith handed the cabbie a folded piece of paper which contained the information concerning where he was to meet the police. I have to be there a little over an hour from now. If possible... I want to stop and pick up a couple carafes of strong coffee and a few dozen donuts, somewhere that'll accept a corporate card. Shouldn't be a problem, boss. The driver glanced at the paper before clearing his throat and turning on to a freeway. That there's in Liberty. Actually, it's north of KC. Liberty is the county seat of... How long till we get there? Keith interrupted what he feared would be an endless geography lesson. Right now, won't take more than 20 minutes. Noah Duncan's along the way. You'll arrive with time to spare, even with an extra stop. Thanks. Keith stifled a yawn. So, what brings you to KC? The driver asked. Work. The cabbie eyed Keith through the rearview mirror. One heck of a shiner you got there. Who punched you? I suppose you're going to tell me that's work-related as well. I get all kinds driving a cab. You don't look like a boxer. Maybe... You're some kind of karate expert? No. I work with computers. That ain't physical. How'd you get the black eye? You'd be surprised. The industry is rough. Keith joked. Right. Discretion. The driver responded with a wink. I'll drop the questions and let you be. The driver seemed to be naturally gregarious, and despite his best efforts at avoiding questions, an ongoing monologue emanated from the cabbie as he described local people and places. Keith did his best to evade the attempts at drawing him into a conversation and enjoyed the break from the lecture as he briefly exited the cab to pick up the coffee and donuts. He hoped to spend the rest of the ride in silence as the taxi resumed its course, but he was disappointed when the talking continued. The place we're headed is what passes for downtown in Liberty. The driver took a drag from his cigarette then lowered the window a fraction and a blast of cold air hit Keith as the cabbie flicked the ashes outside before rolling the window back up and continuing. Should be there in under ten minutes. Aside from the 24-hour places, ain't no business open this early, though. Don't make no sense. You sure you got your information right? Could be somebody's pulling a prank. You know, getting you to travel to a small town in the prairie where there's no one waiting. If so... Keith retorted. It's an expensive one. Besides, the company will cover the cost. Keep going. It makes no difference to me. Either way, I get paid. We're here. It's a mom-and-pop pharmacy. 
the driver announced as they approached a brick building with a neon RX sign. Pull into the parking lot, Keith directed. They pulled into a large empty parking lot behind the store, and Keith examined his surroundings through the passenger window. It was too dark to see much. The clouds covered the sky in a dull shade of matte black, while the store itself blocked any light from the main drag. A single bare bulb, high on a brick wall, cast a pale yellow cone of illumination past a steel door onto three cement steps, flanked by an overstuffed garbage bin. Keith jumped as he observed a large white rodent with a hairless tail leap onto the container and root around in the trash. That's the biggest rat I've ever seen, Keith said. Not rat. Possum. We sure got those. They love digging through garbage. I don't see anyone else showing up, the driver remarked. Give it a few. If you don't mind, I'll wait in the car. Keith continued to stare through the window to where a bald tail disappeared into the bin. As long as you realize the meter's still running, the driver said as a police car pulled into the parking lot. Another pulled in right behind, and soon the lot was no longer empty, but filled with police vehicles. Looks like they've arrived, Keith remarked. The driver started laughing. You brought donuts to a bunch of cops? The other drivers won't believe this. That's something I hadn't considered, Keith said. It occurred to him for the first time that the police might not appreciate his offering. You sure you work with computers? Exactly what kind of computer work are you in? The driver asked. Video games. Keith responded. Here's the fare. Keep the change. The driver shook his head as he quietly accepted the money, which included a generous tip. He remained mercifully silent as Keith stepped out of the taxi. Standing by himself, Keith suppressed a shiver induced by a chilly gust of wind that passed directly through his clothes and straight to his bones. It seemed that his suit, always too warm for Southern California, was insufficient for the frigid temperatures of pre-dawn Missouri. He shuffled towards the police while balancing the two boxes of donuts, along with a carrier, coffee carafes, and styrofoam cups. By focusing on the aroma coming off the pastries and breathing in the steam from the coffee, Keith almost drowned out the stench from the garbage. He looked around to where a large, muscular, blonde-uniformed policeman, with a pair of silver bars pinned to each collar, stood holding a thick stack of papers. He approached the man, who stared at Keith. Keith reached back into his service in the military as a young man to approximate the cop's rank. The bars denoting a captain in the army did not necessarily equate to the same rank when worn on a police uniform. However, the insignia is usually translated equivalently. Sorry if this seems in bad taste, Captain. Keith began. But in Transworld's networking, the new guy always brings the donuts to the meeting. Any jokes about cops and donuts honestly did not occur to me until after the cabbie mentioned them to me. I meant no offense. Are you kidding? You can't offend us by getting food. Why don't you place the coffee and donuts on the car's hood? The police officer replied before announcing in a loud voice. Hey, everyone. He brought breakfast. A chorus of responses met his announcement as the police gathered around the car. Our hero! You just made my list of my favorite ride-alongs ever! Thanks for the grub. Good old coffee. Vitamin C for caffeine. A glare caused Keith to shut his eyes as the captain pulled out a flashlight and examined his battered face. What happened? Fell down a flight of stairs. Keith lied, knowing they would not believe the truth. Right. I've never heard anyone say that before. 
the captain said in a deadpan voice, as a chorus of laughter came from the other officers. He wrote a note on a stack of paper, tore off the sheet, and handed it to Keith. What's this? Keith asked. It says you suffered a visible facial injury prior to your arrival. I want you to sign it. Sorry, but it's all about liability. Personally, I don't care how you got that way. Not my business. Just need to prove it didn't happen under our watch. You understand, don't you? Keith assured them he did, and he agreed to sign. Thanks, a cop chimed in. We get a lot of grief from people accusing us of stuff that isn't our fault. Everyone sees an injury and assumes we did it. Keith took a sip of coffee and maintained a straight face as it burned his tongue. Then he yawned and forced himself to take another sip, relying on his tongue's pain and caffeine to stay alert. I'm Captain Chazinski, by the way. You must be Mr. Sinclair. We talked on the phone. He handed Keith a clipboard with a half-inch thick stack of paperwork. I need you to sign these forms. I have every reason for expecting this to be routine. However, this waives our liability if something unforeseen happens. Keith leafed through the release forms in the light of the captain's flashlight. Not that any additional illumination was necessary. By now the sun was starting to crest the horizon, and the early morning twilight was strong enough for reading. He took a minute to glance at the documents before signing and initialing. Great. Shazinski clapped him on his bruised back, and Keith struggled to hide the pain he felt. The captain took possession of the clipboard and completed forms. Gilbert, hook this man up with a flak jacket and helmet. Keith stomped his feet and took a sip of coffee. What's wrong, Sinclair? The captain asked. We making you nervous? You're shaking. No, I'm cold. How do you stand it? What, this? This is nothing. You should have been here several months ago when the ice storm hit. In that case, I'm grateful I wasn't here then. Don't worry. We have a hat and a nice warm vest for you. What's my part in this? Keith asked. This is our case, the Liberty PD's turf. Shazinski nodded at a pair of officers wearing uniforms of a cut different from the others. We're working with them to arrest Gustavo Wentworth. We've been watching his online activity for several months, and there's a strong case. It appears he's been using stolen credit cards to make online purchases. Now we're going to reel him in. You're to remain within arm's reach and behind me as we serve the warrant. If something unforeseen happens, you follow my directions. It should only take us a minute if everything goes as planned. Assuming he's amenable to questioning, Shazinski continued. We'll get an explanation of what he's been doing. Most likely, it will not be an honest explanation. They never are at first. But we'll get one nevertheless. We also have evidence concerning him doing something fishy over the internet with your company's servers. You're here to provide expert insight regarding that part of our questioning. Keith wondered what he was getting himself into as he put on the heavy vest and helmet. Thank you for listening to The First Butterfly, Episode 29, Chapter 28. This episode was written and produced by Jason Calibre. 
featuring the voice talents of Chris Bander and Jay Cal. Cover art for the podcast and ebook provided by Nancy Aphrodite. Theme music, Sun Still Rises, provided by Wanderbeats. Please visit our website, thefirstbutterfly.com, for a complete list of attributions, links, and other information concerning this patio book. You can help support this podcast by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. As always, we wish you all the best and look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Until then, have a wonderful week.